Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello. Welcome to the Blizzard Watch Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Rossi. I'm trying desperately not to sing the theme to The Love Boat for reasons I don't understand. <laughs> the don't podcast! Seriously, it almost happened. It almost happened. Uh, with me, of course, are the dulcet tones of, of Joe Perez. That was him singing just then. And Liz Harper. Uh, who I don't... Have you ever seen The Love Boat? Or are you too young for it? I mean, I'm aware of its existence. Okay, The Love Boat was a weird and i'd like to say bad yeah it was bad it was a bad show um but it was yeah okay there's nothing to do with anything let's, <laughs> let's talk about video games and stuff because that's much better than talking about games 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 yeah all right uh up front though i actually think we should talk about this first just because it was not here last week uh and we've we've done a tavern watch since so we did get to talk about it a little bit there but i want to talk about it here D movie trailer uh yes. honor among thieves yes what do you guys, we, we talked about what you think of it. What do you like when you watch that trailer? What is the one thing that that says to you? Oh, I want to see more about this. I want to know what this is about. Uh, so some, my friend Tino brought this up as I was hanging out with him the other day and we were, you know, talking about magic and stuff. The D and D movie came up and he's like, I, it's really good to see that the creators behind this are finally giving us what we want. Not heroes, but garbage fire children to root for, because that's what every <laughs> player table is. It's a bunch of garbage fire children doing really weird things. We are always terrible at the table. And now we have people we can identify with like, and I'm like, that's actually kind of really on point. Cause like, do you really want to see a movie about like, you know, shining lawful, good paladins or a band of thieves doing a heist? what feels more like the, the traditional, the actual play D and D. And I was like, yeah, yeah. You know what? That's good. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing something that's not all about like pure heroism. So Liz, I, I just want to see more of the monsters. Like you saw, there was a mimic, there was a gelatinous cube. Uh, there was an owl bear. I just, I want to see more of these like D and D monsters, but brought to life on the big screen. What about you? Yeah. I, I like the dragon scene. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Honestly, 
I want to see more of Chris Pine making that face <laughs> because that face is the face every person who's played a character who's trying to get the group to actually do things yep. has had in one time or another. Yep. Just that that look of oh god. <laughs> Just that like your hand comes up but you don't quite do a face palm. You're not quite at face palm yet. You're just kind of like massaging your temple a little bit and going, okay, think, 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 what do I do here? What do I do? What do I do? Oh God. All right. I'm going to pull out the loot. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> when, I, I really, I also liked that bit where she's like, so what do you bring to the table? That, that seems kind of fun. I'm looking forward to the player, the basically the player, the character dynamics and whether or not it's going to feel a bit <laughs> like a D and D party because D and D parties do get some really bizarre interactions. Um, I mean, just this this Weir's game we were in just the other day, you got to see uh, some pretty strange interactions between our four characters, for lack of a better word. And uh, I, it is the kind of thing I'd like to see. I, I am interested in it. Although, I mean, that being the- said, I'm playing a paladin at the moment, so I kind of don't like your whole... We don't want to see Noble. Yeah, we do. Let, let my paladin <laughs> do things. I can kill people with a sword. That's it. And I'm doing it for the right reasons. What, what are those reasons? Because I think I should do it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I I was very interested in it, and I liked the trailer quite a bit. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I like the fact that they understand that they someone I you know I know Joe knows who it is. I don't think Liz knows who he is, but do you know Jonathan Tweet? No. Okay, he was one of the main people behind a game called Ars Magica, and mm-hmm. as a result of that, he was working for White Wolf for a while, but then he moved on. He got hired by a by wizards of the coast and he was one of the pr- principal designers on third edition um and then he if left i remember correctly he's from rochester too i think i think he's out my I way i think he's originally no from idea no idea where he's from anyway but the point being is that he he was he tweeted when he saw the movie trailer that you know back in in 2000 he was the one who got them to change the name of the thief class because in 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 original D and the first and second editions of ad and they were called thieves mm-hmm. they were called rogues they were called thieves and he was like, no, a thief is like stealing. And if we have thief be, you know, the, 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 the name of the class and also people are stealing things through their thieves, it gets confusing. People will be like, oh, that guy's not a thief, but he, he says he have thief levels, like, you know? And so he, he got them to change the name of the class to rogue, which has, you know, lasted to this day. It's stuck around. It was a pretty good change. It's become because pretty ubiquitous, ubiquitous across, across, uh, settings too. Yeah. And, uh, one of the thing, points he made was that he's like in his tweet, he was like, I like that people remember that a thief can be of any class. Any, any, your, your mage can be a thief. Does your mage steal things? Boom, they're a thief. Hey, you know, that, mage, that mage hand's real good for uh, taking stuff. Yeah. And so it, it was just something I liked. That's the thing I liked about the name of the movie is called Honor Among Thieves because they are thieves, but you can be a fighter who's a thief. Yeah. Or, or a even, druid that's a thief. Like, you yeah. know. You could you could even be a paladin who's a thief as long as they're stealing for what they believe to be the right reasons. Um, so yeah, I, I actually like that too. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm a little sad that I have I have fond memories of really really bad D and D movies past, like every previous D and D movie that came out. They're all horrible. Um, and Mazes and Monsters, which is technically a D and D movie, even though they don't want they don't want to admit it. Um, so yeah, I, I I am a little nostalgic for all the really bad D and D movies, but I'm hoping that this will be a good one. I'm hoping this will be the first game to movie adaptation to be actually really good, um, except for Clue. I'll fight you on Clue. Clue is really good, but everything else has not been. Uh, Battleship in particular. Did you guys see the Battleship movie? 
no, should I have? Like, was no. that a thing like I, I should have seriously considered in my life? Like I no. said earlier, it's always aliens. No, <laughs> the Battleship movie, not only is it always aliens, but the aliens are attacking by dropping like the pegs from Battleship on Battleships. <laughs> I'm like, I'm watching this going, what? Why am I here? How did I get? What did I do in my life that led me to be sitting here in a dark room watching Battleship? And I still have no answer for that. But yeah, no. Um, I'm so so I have high hopes for Dean. But uh, unless either of you have anything else you want to talk about on that one, we're going to move on. No, I'm good. I hey. think mimics. I think mimics should be in every movie. You should just always have a mimic oh, in yeah, your movie you know what? somewhere. Uh, mimics should be in everything. Literally everything. <laughs> Every video game should have mimics. There should be mimics in WoW, and I—that's I, a hill I will die on. <laughs> Aren't there mimics in WoW? No, not really. Spriggans are not mimics. Hmm. Because I'm running around. Oh, but that's Diablo. Never mind. My Diablo three character has a chest running around behind him all the time that like will open a toothy maw and stick its tongue out and try to kill things, and it's it's called a little mimic. So I assumed that mimics were a thing, but then I realized, oh wait, that's that's a that's a Diablo thing. Mimics and Dragonflight. Let's go. Speaking of weird <laughs> things we'd like to see in the game, um, Wrath Classic is coming on September 26th, and the Joyous Journeys buff that gives you 50% added XP if you're leveling your Wrath Classic characters, or any any WoW Classic character that's going to be on a Wrath Classic server, which is all the ones except the uh, Classic Era servers, um, you get 50% XP. That buffs out now, and it will be lasting until September 26th. Also, uh, didn't so, they just announce that they're going to be doing the uh, the next Ramos and Scourge Invasion go live in the next couple days? That was uh, they the the phase went live last week. Um, I don't remember when they're actually yeah, I'm looking, doing. I'm yeah. looking it up real quick. Uh, next yeah. Ramos and the Scourge Invasion will go live on the July 28th. So in two days. Two days. Yeah. So that that patch is already out, but you guys are going to get to actually start seeing the Scourge Invasion and next Ramos and all of that by Thursday. Uh, so there's that too. I just I'm interested in people who like we never had a joyous journeys type buff in actual you know when it was actually Wrath of the Lich King time. So I'm interested in seeing how this plays out for people who are trying to get a character leveled up in time for that. Are either of you interested in playing in WoW Classic? I mean Wrath Classic, or do you feel kind of like I I can do that whenever I want? I'm not interested. I mean I am interested because I have you know good memories of playing in that era, but I also wasn't in a guild that was doing raids, so like. It feels interesting to go back and re-experience that, but I cannot imagine a world in which I have the time to do this, even with this 50% experience buff. It is a significant effort to level a character through TBC and to earn gold in TBC and, you know, to get your character geared up and set up and ready to go into the next expansion. It's, it's, it's just, it. I think about it, and then I'm like, I feel, I feel really tired thinking about it. Yeah, I, that is a wildly fair statement. Um, <laughs> I've, 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 I've gone on the 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 record multiple times that I've, uh, I may have said this in, like in a, a not so nice way before, but I feel like I've already done my my time with the classic and all the way through. And while I miss some of the memories of it, I don't really need to relive it. Like I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay just moving forward. I'm happy where I'm at. I mean, I have a lot of nostalgia for those days. I just can't, yeah, I, I can't see where it fits in my life today. It, I'm not that person that can sit there and grind like I used mm-hmm. to anymore, right? And I understand things are mm-hmm. faster now because the flow of information kind of, and yeah. the fact that we have that sort of institutional knowledge, but 
it's I, I, it for me, it was always about the people, not necessarily the content. I'm content with the level of access I have now, I guess is really, and like I said, nothing wrong with it. I want people to enjoy it and have fun with it, but I'm, I'm okay. It's bad and they should feel bad. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. I don't, I don't, I do actually have a, an interest in playing it, but I had an interest in playing it when it was BC classic and I didn't play that either. Uh, I think a lot of that is just because of the things Liz is pointing out. Um, not only do I, I have other stuff I'm trying to do now, but I have other games I'm trying to play. Like the idea of playing two World of Warcraft simultaneously. No, no, I, I, no, I, I would literally have to have like a clone box and make another me who just played World Classic <laughs> and another me that just played Diablo three and another me for Diablo. It's just, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I, I don't have the, the enough people inside myself to do all that, but I do think it looks cool. I don't know why. Um, when you say that, I always think of the tick cartoon and the, the, the guy that was basically <laughs> a bunch of nesting dolls. And he would always scream. I was, ma- I'm made of tinier men. Every time you say that, like, I wish I had more people inside me. I'm like, yeah, that I that, always think of that animated scene for some reason where he's just running around and yeah. Sorry, totally, totally not not related, but I just had to I had to share. Sorry, and now okay. Matt's looking at me. Uh, probably funny. <laughs> well, no, I can't see you. I'm just staring down at my at my desk, going, Where, "How did I get here? How did I get to him telling that story about having tinier men inside of him?" All right. Um. So yeah, that that's you know September 26th. If you're into Wild, Wrath Classic, that's when it will be live. Uh, until then, you can level up characters and get ready to do. Um. And I. I think they're going to have Death Knights before Wrath Classic yeah. actually comes out, but I don't know if they do yet or not. Um, not yet. I I mean, I think, but you are going to be, I believe you are going to be able to create your Death Knight early. See, they announced the release date, but I'm still not clear. Is this the release of the pre-patch when you can make your Death Knight? Or is this, you know, I don't, I'm not totally clear on how that's going to happen. So yeah, I, th- I don't think it's the pre-patch. I think it's the actual launch of the game. But yeah, um, but they're letting you I mean, create. Yeah. They're letting you make a death knight when the pre-patch. I'm calling it the pre-patch. I don't know if they're calling it the pre-patch. So that's kind of like it's kind of like they've moved to the start of the game a little earlier. But I I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm very confused. There's knowledge I want that I do not have. Speaking of that, uh, <laughs> as as we are currently talking, the the uh, Dragonflight Alpha is now in its phase three. Uh, unfortunately, like I said before, I couldn't get it to download properly, so I'm currently standing here looking at a bar and hoping it will eventually move. Um, but one of the things that's happening in phase three is they're testing uh, the I think want to say the, the the life pools is that what it's called the red like, the, the, the the ruby life pools ruby life pools thank you that's one of the new dungeons that's coming in. Uh, the upcoming expansion. Um, I don't know why I can't use words like Dragonflight, why it just wouldn't come out of my mouth there. Uh, <laughs> but in addition to that, uh, they're they're doing two new zones. Um, I think the uh, <coughs> the dragon the Drakthir starting zone is staying up. I was told. Yeah, that's like, what I've I was heard told as well. Closing it, but now I've been told it's staying up. Um, really, it's, really fun, by the way. It's alpha, so it's gonna alpha's gonna confuse and be chaotic and messy. Yes. I'm just looking for somebody post. Here it is. Oh, yeah, here we go. The Waking Shore uh, is going to be a, going to go live. That's another new zone. Um, I believe it's a level 62 zone. Uh, there's the Ruby Life Pools. And the Dragon Riding Talent Tree is apparently going to be visible. I, I have no idea what's on the Dragon Flight 
dragon riding talent tree, but I guess I don't we'll think out. I don't think any of us do yet. Well, they talked um, about it a little bit, didn't they? Where it's going to give you like different options and, and yeah, customizations. Yeah, but I don't. I don't, none of us have seen it before, before the alpha went up today. And I still have not seen it though. I know it's now live. So, but in addition to that, um, we're also going to get to see, as we already pointed out the protection and retribution paladin talent trees, which I'm sure the Holy Paladin on this board is really <laughs> thrilled about not getting that one school. It's always well, the one school that it's the, the one talent specialization that you've, you specialize in is the one that doesn't go live. If you if you change your if you make a paladin and you change respect to holy there's uh, and you go to your talents it's just a bunch of question marks so <laughs> that I'm bringing you hard hitting early information here the ta- holy paladin talent tree is a bunch of question marks right now <laughs> I like I like uh, because you don't know but you don't know what you don't know <laughs> but yeah. Uh, also, in addition, I guess all three mage specializations are going to be tested as well. Um, and they've talked a bit about the the philosophy behind the mage tree. Mage trees is that they want to have, they don't want anyone to feel like if they don't, ha- if, the, if the thing they do isn't the most powerful thing, they can't cast anything else. So they don't want to have that original, original wow feeling of frost mages or fire mages being useless in specific fights, um, which is, you know, I think a good idea but we'll see how that comes out in terms of practice. Uh, I don't play a mage. I think my highest level mage is 13 because every single time I try to play a mage, I get maybe five levels in and I'm like, I'm done. I am done with this. No, I can't do it. I can't. I can't. I really liked mage and Legion. I haven't touched it since though. Yeah. I I just, I've never been able to level a mage. Also though, the jewel crafting and leatherworking professions are getting a focus. I am curious about that. Particularly jewel crafting, because jewel crafting has felt useless for a long while. Hey, I can make rings and gems and more gems and but like the, also more gems. This has always been a complaint that I've had about professions in general, uh, is just that there gets a point where certain professions just aren't needed anymore, either from yeah. saturation or there's no personal benefit, so there's no reason to even level them. Jewel crafting happens to be one of them, especially when... Like a lot of the the patterns and stuff are like gated by reputation. So somebody like you know our hunter friend Ado will grind reputation to the point where he easily leaps and bounds ahead of everybody else, get all the patterns, and just cut gems for everybody. So why you know there's no incentive for me to really level or spend any time on it. And yeah, as co- far as sorry, go ahead. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Carry on. I'll jump in. And I was just going to say, and then it it also affects like things like Auction House, where like, you know, back in Burning Crusade and even Wrath when Jewel Crafting was around, like you could make money making higher level gems for people. Now it's just, well, you get to a certain point. It's like, okay, well, this gem cost me 10 gold and gold is falling from trees. So whatever. I'm so glad that we didn't end up with a Canadian traffic light situation there where you, the two of you just say, say, no, no, you, by all means. No, no, I insist. I'm so sorry. I, I couldn't possibly interrupt you. I'm very sorry. You go. That would be rude. It would just be so rude of me. You go. And you know, I'd be sitting here going, please, somebody go. Somebody go. Uh, I've lived in Canada. <sighs> the, the thing about professions now is that most of them do not provide a benefit Mm -hmm. except for you know the stuff you make or the stuff you gather and that can become useless very quickly the only profession right now that feels like it has a big 
like a big reason to be that profession is alchemy because you get these bonuses with alchemy like your flasks just last twice as long Mm -hmm. that is a huge advantage if you do raiding if you do mythic plus it's just now you use half as many flasks as everyone else that's that's such a huge thing and you just take a profession and i'm an alchemist and i don't really do anything else with alchemy sometimes if i don't have any like weapon oils in my bag i'll you know make my own if i missed the uh cauldron at the start of raid time i can make my own flask but it's like 90 percent of the time i don't do anything i just i just have it so i have that buff and i don't have to drink as many flasks it's but but the other professions don't have something like that don't have something that's universally useful and makes you feel like oh i really need this yeah, I, I mean, I agree. Like, it, we're all on the same page. So mm-hmm. I think I think more than class changes, more than and then talent trees, more than even like evokers and and drag fear. I've been really excited to have actual meaningful profession changes, uh, and it seems like that's what they want to be doing. So I'm absolutely here for it. I am very interested in how this turns out. I can't be the only just once. I mean, no, I want to do I that mean, too. Yeah, absolutely. Dragons um, are great, but I, I have other needs besides dragons. Yeah, like dungeon. You need dungeons. <laughs> um, I think at this point we should talk a little bit about something that will allow Liz to be the one to talk for a while. Oh, um, no. The Hearthstone Battlegrounds changes that are up on the site right now and that I don't understand. So, Liz, what are the Hearthstone Battlegrounds changes? <laughs> I I mean, there's not really a oh, hold ton. Hold on, hold on. I got to get my glass. Yeah, okay, go. There's there's really not well it doesn't feel like a ton is going on. We're getting uh we're getting the new Murder at Castle Nathria is going live next week and um kind of they're rolling out some battleground changes a little in advance with the latest patch. There is a new hero Heist Baron Togwaggle who actually has an ability that seems super overpowered. His uh his hero power is the perfect crime. It costs nine mana, which is staggering since I think everyone else has cost a maximum of two. Um, and casting this will steal all minions currently in the tavern. Each turn, your next hero power costs one less. So you will be able to go in and just grab a huge number of minions, but you have to wait a little while before you can do it, which is hopefully that balances out it sounds a little nuts we will see how it turns out in play uh other than that there's some balance changes for dragons there's some like tiny buffs for the lich king and van cleef and sneed um but now it's kind of a standard sort of uh a, a little a little balance a little new stuff um, there is a quality of life feature in that you will be able to say to randomize the hero skins you use in Battlegrounds. Mm. Instead of like selecting one and that's the hero skin you use forever, there's like a random option now. So if you've been collecting all of the skins they've been rolling out, which is a ton, you will be able to enjoy all of them all the time. And uh, that I mean, that's that's really it. I'm sorry, I didn't have a 20 minute Hearthstone thing to go on. Yeah, I managed to get a drink. <laughs> but thank you for covering that for us. Now we move on to the thing that I'm pretty interested in, but I don't know if anyone else is. The uh, Diablo 3 PTR has actually been pushed back. They're they're going to continue it into uh, mid-August. I mean, well, not mid-August, but the first week of August. August 8th is the current, uh, I guess, end time 
for the PTR. And that means the, you know, this delays both the end of this season and the start of the next season, because they won't end this season until they've got the PTR squared away and they know, okay, we're going to be launching the next season two weeks from this point. So they, that means that the end of the season is currently sometime in August. Um, if, if, the PTR goes well and the August the August 8th date, nothing new comes up and they don't feel the need to extend it any further. We'll probably get an announcement within a week of that, I would expect, which means that it's possible we're looking at like August 15th or so as the end date. But that's a big if. That, that's a lot of ifs. And then we'll, of course, get the end of the, the start of the next season, about a week to 12 days, between 5 and 12 days, after the end of the previous season, which means we could be looking at, you know, the next season, season 27, uh, going in late August or maybe in early September. That's kind of, that's currently up in the air based on how the EPTR goes. I'm since we know that the season theme is going to be the, the strange, um, angelic sanctified weapons and, and so forth. I'm curious as to what's holding up the PTR. Like, are they not, is testing not showing something is something not working uh, that's that's curi- that's a curiosity to me i don't know that we currently have any kind of feedback on whether or not anyone said anything about why this is the case um but i am curious uh, i would like to know i i don't know how it's going to go because the last time we had a season anything like this it was season 25 with the uh the various demonic stones the essences of the demon lords that you could put into your uh, helmet and your weapon but the uh, sanctified stuff's a little different so so we'll see how that plays out uh i can't think of anything else really to say about it it's not like it's we don't have any any major reason to be like to 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 muse about this we just know they're doing it um i don't know if you have anything else you want to say liz i don't think joe plays diablo 3 at the moment no i've been uh, on other arpgs lately so uh I mean, no, we don't have. I mean, we just don't have enough data to really comment on this. It just means that the next season is pushed back at least a week or two, and we didn't have a start date for it anyway. So the date we didn't know is now a date we didn't know, but it's like two weeks later. Yep. Uh, I should mention also the second of August, which is next. I want to say next Tuesday. I is, think so. Yeah, Shadowland season four. That's when that yep. starts up, and that's when Murder at Castle Nathria, the next Hearthstone expansion, is going to be launching. Yep, so, it's going to be a busy day. Yeah, it's going to be a busy day. I guarantee that it, they'll wait to do something crazy until one of us is currently in the bathroom. Um, but regardless, yeah, I think that pretty much covers news and calendar stuff. So we're going to move on to talk about some of these emails, which are harvested from previous weeks we didn't get to because... What that happens sometimes, and also because nobody was asking any questions. Quite frankly, it was a desert. Um, so, if you've got a question for the podcast, please, 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 you don't need to ask. Laura, watch everything. I you don't want to hear it. <laughs> no, you don't want to hear it. You're gonna hear it. Um, the next of the podcast was Joe and Matt arguing over questions. Um, <laughs> if if you have a question, you can of course email it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with a subject line podcast with blizzardwatch, so we know it's for this show. Please, please. I got like I got like six emails and I was so excited and they were all people asking me if I wanted to like let them guest post on the site or or possibly get, you know, on a new SEO for a new search engine tool or something. <laughs> and there was one that was about toilets. That guy at least seemed like he was genuinely interested in the toilet question. Um 
So yeah, please do ask us a question. Uh, or you can go to our Discord server. And we have the uh, Patreon Q and Podcast Questions channel for patrons. We look there first because you guys pay the bills. And that's really cool because we like having jobs and things to do. So thank you. Um, or you can go to the just the Q and Podcast Questions channel, which is below. And we'll still look there for questions too. And uh, we did have one, but it was about whether or not Alfred or Clark Kent were a better cook. <laughs> and I didn't want to start that because I really felt like Joe and I would be here all day on this one. Yeah, probably. So, so I didn't take that one, but um, we do still have a bunch uh, this week. What I'm going to do here is I'm going to let you all work out. Which one of you reads one first. You want to roll a die, Joe? Let's roll a D 20. Okay. Okay. Cause I always does, have a D 20 on my desk. A, obviously. I mean, I got a 12. Who doesn't have a D 20 on their desk. I got a 14. You're is, up. Is a, it's a. Your choice. Okay, or your okay. choice. <laughs> I'm going. Um, Martini asks question for the Blizzard Watch podcast. We're getting four old dungeons put back into the pool at the start of Dragonflight. Going off of lore or thematic reasons, which do you think would be good to add? It feels like we talked about this recently. Am I imagining that? That we, we talked about did, the yeah, dragony dungeons? Mm-hmm. I mean. World of Warcraft has been around for a little while, you know, a few days, and uh, we've collected an awful lot of dungeons and an awful lot of dragon lore over the time, over that time. Um, I, I, there, I'm not the lore person, though. <laughs> Y'all are the lore people. I mean, I'm going to go with my old classics like Upper Black Rock Spire and Lower Black Rock Spire. Like, if it's got a dragon, bring it in. Yeah, but like. The only reason I can't always bring those up is like I remember my first time going into those dungeons and being like, oh, my God, I'm going to actually do the dragon thing. I'm going to finally do the dragon thing. And it having like that moment of like, yeah, I'm a real adventurer now. And then getting deep breathed on. It was, you know, it, it happened. <laughs> uh, but like I, I I think anything that is is dragon flavored fits here. And I think that they should. So. Uh, Matt, do you have an opinion? Nosdormer is going to be in this this expansion. Yes, he is. Caverns of Time. Well, that's not quite what I was going to say. I mean, it should be a Caverns of Time thing, but I want to do a Caverns of Time thing where you go back to every dungeon that had a dragon in it, but that is now currently replaced or gone, like the original Sunken Temple mm-hmm. or the original Upper Rock Black Spire, Upper Black Rock Spire, mm-hmm. and you go back to them. And you have them as they were, not as the, you know, not the updated version that cuts out all the incredible, like, I want you to be able to get really lost in Sunken Temple. Which really, was very possible. Really lost. Like, I have no idea where I am. Did I go upstairs? Did I go downstairs? This is a What's circle. How could I here? possibly be lost? <laughs> yeah. And yet, um, and yet, you would always get lost. Yeah. And uh, then, like I said, original Upper Black Rock Spire with, like, the whole... I want I want to hear once again priests forcing groups to do that fight for the Father Flame that nobody oh, yeah. wanted to do, yeah. but we all ended up having to do it because the the priest yep. would drop the group if we didn't. Yeah, I want that back. Um, <laughs> one of one of my favorite times in original WoW was tanking on Wormsalak and having having to trust my hunter to pull the old and this was before misdirect guys. You couldn't misdirect this. The hunter had to pull Wormsalak 
out of the room and then kite him around in the yes. room that you originally fought the beast in yep. while the while the group killed the, the ads or that was one of the ads that was my trial to like a cutting edge raiding guild in vanilla like as uh, like i had to do that like they were like do you know how to do this yes prove it and then go but i want yeah. that back <laughs> i i so that kind of stuff absolutely but also um something i've been thinking about a lot is you could just there's all these dragons that we fought that were not like raid bosses they were world bosses mm-hmm. and why shouldn't they be like you know in a dungeon now um as or goes inf- before he you know decided to go hang out with his dead girlfriend yeah like or uh the, the dragons of nightmare who yep. man I, I those fights were fun and crazy and and also though i was thinking about like in terms of there's the the infinite dragon flight dungeons are important, I think, because we're going to be seeing more of the infinites in this expansion. So if Nosdormo is trying to pull a Captain Pike and get himself out of his dread fate, like, let's see what's up with that. Like, are, is there a chance that Nosdormo and Morozond aren't the same person anymore? Like, Morozond is the person that would have happened had things gone in one direction, and the Nosdormo we have now is a different guy now? They're we're going to talk about that on Lorewatch Sunday, by the way. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> but so there's a lot of stuff like that, like the whole thing with the infinites that I think would be really interesting to to get to see again, to have those dungeons be front and center, possibly even to have those dungeons, but not those dungeons. Like imagine if instead of you go into like, you know, um, the Dernhold keep as somebody trying to stop the infinite dragon flight. What if you get to go in and witness it from the infinite dragon flights point, what they were trying to do and why they were trying to do it. Like that'd be really interesting. So you, it's the same dungeons, but it's a completely different story. Like maybe there's actually a thrall fight, and you're trying to put him back in his cell. Like I, I don't know. I just think it would be. There's a lot of possibilities. It would be really fun to to play around with. I like that idea. That'd be it'd be interesting, like you say. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that's something that I I hadn't really considered, but yeah, yeah. So you you know you'd still have the same original dungeons, but every dungeon that the infinites have shown up in. You know, you could go, you could go back to Stratholme again, but this time from the perspective of the infinites trying to stop Arthas and we'd finally get some idea of what the infinites are actually trying to do because we've never really known what their goal is. We know that they're trying to to change the past, but why, what do they think they're going to do? What are they trying to lock in? What was Murazond up to since he was, he was trying to stop us from getting the, uh, the dragon soul. But why was he trying to stop us? He didn't seem to be particularly interested in Deathwing. Like from his perspective, Deathwing had already failed. But he was so trying wh- to stop the dragon, the dragon soul, which is an interesting thing. Like, and we, I think we we talked about this when Anne was still around. Like, uh, with the concept of is the Infinite Dragonflight actually the bad guys, or are they doing the job that the Bronze Dragonflight are failing at and exploring that, like exploring that as a possible point of view? I think it would be fascinating. So yeah, that's that's my answer. Um. Yeah, that's it for me. Now I think you have to answer one, Joe. That's fair. Uh, So this is, well, it's going to wind up being mostly Liz talking. Uh, This is from from Braylin. I have no idea how to play Hearthstone Battlegrounds. It makes absolutely no sense to me. A tutorial or primer would be most welcome. Liz, Give the uh, the the thirty thirty thousand mile view of uh, of (laughs) Battlegrounds because I actually have not played Battlegrounds. Um, Okay, I think Battlegrounds is actually the most entertaining part of Hearthstone. It is also the one with the fewest uh, fees and costs and 
traps that will encourage you to spend money in it because the only there are only two things you can buy in battlegrounds and that's cosmetic skins and um there is a uh, tavern pass which lets you view advanced stats and access some heroes early but none of that it's totally unnecessary you can just go in and play you're never gonna have to buy a pack of cards you're never gonna have to do anything just go play have fun so basically battlegrounds is an auto battler you are not picking what your characters do. You are getting you are putting minions on the board and based on how they're positioned and what their abilities are, they will automatically attack the opposing team when when you're set up for a battle. Each battlegrounds round is a, it's an 8v8 and you kind of go back and forth. You have um you have a, a round where you set up your board, where you have an opportunity to buy minions and place minions, and then you go into combat, and then you repeat. Uh, you buy minions with gold. Each minion costs three gold, and you start with three gold. And uh, you can also spend gold to upgrade your tavern. Now, I'm going to say gold is not like something you need to earn or buy or anything like that. You just... You start the game with three gold, and every turn you have one more gold to spend. So turn one, you have three gold. Turn two, you have four gold. So as you go through the game, you kind of, you have more resources to buy more minions. And you can upgrade your tavern to buy more powerful minions. And uh, you just, you buy your minions, you put them on the board, you arrange them, and it'll put you up against someone, you see what happens, you repeat the process. And uh, it's actually, I find it kind of a, it's kind of a zin sort of thing because you can, you can, you can do it and not pay a ton of attention to it because each turn lasts a certain amount of time and the amount of time a turn lasts gets longer the later you get into the game. Like at first it's like 30 or 45 seconds, I think, that first round because it's like, okay, you have enough gold to buy one minion. You weren't making a lot of strategic decisions here on what to buy. Um, and then they get longer. So it's like you set up your board and you kind of you kind of sit back and you you wait for the for your turn to be over and for the round to start up. Um, and it is kind of the classic Blizzard game in that it's very easy to start because all you need to go is, okay, I'm, go I'm here. I'm going to click this minion. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to put it on my board. And that's that's all you really have to do is you buy minions, you put them on your board. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of uh, thinking you need to do to get started. But as you get into it a little more, you'll notice uh, each of the heroes you can select to play. They have a different hero power, and that can really impact how you play the game. For example, there is Dancin' Daryl, who is a murloc with a top hat who dances obviously i mean i don't know why you would think anything different and um every time you sell a minion when you're playing daryl it buffs all of the minions in the tavern the minions available for you to purchase it gives them more health um more health and attack so when you're playing daryl you specifically want to kind of collect a bunch of minions and then sell them in mass, and then you buy these hugely buffed minions. There's like a really specific strategy you want to play with Daryl. And uh, there are actually, you know, those turn limits. It can get kind of hard with him because you're really buying and selling really fast. Um, so if you're just getting started, here's, here's what I would recommend. Uh, go in and, you know, read all of the text. You know, read 
first, you're going to pick hero. Read your hero power. Make sure you know what it is because they all have different uses. Some of them are completely passive. Some of them need to, you need to click on every turn. Some of them have a gold cost, so you can't use them every turn. So make sure you know what that is because that's going to be those can be pretty key to winning or losing. And then just kind of examine the minions on the board. Okay, this is what's in the tavern right now. This is what I can buy. This is what I, this looks better than that. You know, buy a minion, put it on your board, see what happens. You play a few rounds and you'll start to get a feel for, okay, this works. This has some synergy. Like, um, there are different minion tribes. Like you can buy minions that are pirates or you can buy minions that are elementals. And, um... You can play games where your strategy involves having minions of all different types and using different ways to buff multiple types of minions. You can have strategies that involve having elementals, which have different abilities that will buff themselves the more of them you play. But as you play, you'll kind of see these things. You'll see them in card text and you'll sort of, you'll see other people using these strategies and you'll sort of start to get it. It's, it's really a game that I say, go in and play. See what happens, because that's, I mean, that's the way to learn. And it's very easy to get started. You just go in, you play your minion, see what happens. And that's that's kind of all I got. All right. I got now, nothing. you must now read a question. <laughs> oh, my, you made me do all that talking, and now I have to read a question. Oh, man. <sighs> when do I have time to get a drink? Okay, okay. Let's see. Let's face it, you need one all the time just from him thus. <laughs> Um, da, 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 da. So this one is from Zell the Elf Fighter. This looks like a really long question. I know that guy. Oh, why? Why are y'all making me do all the long wordy I'll, I'll things read today? It. I'll it's, read it's, it. Uh, <laughs> it's it's multiple questions. You don't. Why don't you and Joe trade off? Well, I'll, I'll. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. I was gonna say. <laughs> oh no, you go. We can do this. We can yeah, do this fine. for like the rest of the podcast, like back and forth. I'll I'll read because Liz uh, talked a whole lot. I'll give her a break. <laughs> uh, so the question is, do you think that the Shadow Priests should have been able to multi-class their fealty to the old gods in Dragonflight? Yes. I think that they should treat them like the Chaos Gods in 40k, in which they can devote themselves to one or many of them, and as thus get, become the champion of the dark uh, the dark forces of the old gods, bearing many of their marks. Maybe we have a priest that's all mouths, and maybe has a bunch of eyes as well. Maybe one that's all tentacles, that also has mouths on the tentacles. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, they should be able to, to multi-diversify multi their, uh, their fealty. What do you think? I mean, don't you think that don't the old gods like strike you as like petty, jealous types? I mean, is Yang Saran going to be happy if you pledged your fealty to him, but then you also pledged your fealty to Cthune? Words, I mean, words, words. The master wants murder. <laughs> There's going to be you're going to run into some problems here. That's just what I'm thinking. OK, uh, uh, Matt, do you have anything else to add besides the, the wanton murder? Words, words, words. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the next one is, what food or beverage from World of Warcraft have you always wondered what it would taste like? What food or beverage from WoW are you super glad you've never tasted? Whenever I kill something and it has a glass of milk on it, <laughs> who is drinking this milk? Just they remember. Have refrigeration. It's in a glass. He was carrying a glass of milk and I killed him and I took the milk and then I threw it out because I'm playing a 
warrior and we don't drink things because there's no mana bar to bring back. But you guys have sat down and looked through your bags and go, all I've got to drink is this weird old glass of yak milk. And then you drank it. You drank it to get your mana back. Why? Oh, oh God. It's, it might have chunks of stuff in it. It's old. Oh, my God. It's old, warm milk. So you want to – this is something that I think we, – we, this came up in a guild chat uh, during raid oh, night no. one time where – and Molly's in chat today. Hi, Molly. I was waiting for this. Banana beef pudding. Here's the thing. That exists in real life, folks. That is already a real world food, and it is delicious. Uh, Tanzania has a uh, Tanzania has a a dish that's green banana and beef, like almost like a curry, but it's very very sweet and like like a pudding. It's fantastic, and uh, I know people are like oh it's banana and beef. Yet you don't understand. It's good. It's real good. Um, and if it was just literally banana and beef pudding, I'd eat it. It's fine. What about you, Liz? I mean, see, Shadowlands has had such interesting cooking recipes in uh, every sense of the word. There is the steak a la mode, which appears to be a meat pie with a scoop of ice cream on top. And I am both very curious as to what this would be like. And also, it sounds like a terrible idea, and I would never want to taste it at all, ever. And of course, there's also the uh, questionably palatable feast, which I, even as I sit to eat it over and over on raid night, I just really wonder, what what am I doing to myself? What life choices have I made that have led me here to repeatedly eat a questionably palatable feast? Fun fact, uh, beef a la mode is a real dish as well. Really? Yeah. I'm With not, actual not, ice cream? Are uh, you? Are no, you, no, it's it, a thing. It, it is a thing, but it's it's usually used with like a heavy sweet cream in a in some form of sauce or glaze. So it's the same effect. Okay. It's the same effect. Um, but it is to something like that to me is a lot more pal- uh, palpable or palatable than people who put American cheese on apple pie, which I don't get, and I know that's a thing, but why isn't that a Shadowlands food? That should be a Shadowlands food. Let's be honest. <laughs> Apple pie with cheese. <laughs> but yeah. You got some savory with your sweet there. That's that's the whole thing. And then there's like people who just have chickens on them. You kill them and they just have a chicken. They just have bird. Or, or the it's un- like okay. The undead okay, mods that then, drop food. I mean I recent- don't know. I gotta talk about this one. When, when, <laughs> I remember like when I was leveling my hunter, like and I had to feed my my pet to keep it happy. All of the things I was feeding it was stuff that that people just had on them and dropped, like just like a chicken. Just he had a roasted bird of some sort on him, so I gave it to my animal. And I'm thinking the whole time, that's just an old piece of bird that the guy had on him. Where did he have it on him? Where where was this kept? Is, am I feeding my my poor sweet innocent wolf somebody's horrible crotch bird? Like what am I doing here? No, World of Warcraft people just carry food that they shouldn't be carrying. It's not, it's not right. This stuff is perishable. Ah, go ahead. I'm, I'm done. I'm creeped out. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just all these, all these creatures have recently been to Costco. They've gotten some of those rotisserie chickens for like five 99. They've just gotten a bunch of them. I mean, that, that actually makes complete logical sense to me. Things I didn't know you could get at Costco. <laughs> I look forward to when I can do that and go to a Costco and get that stuff. Anyway, uh, Liz, I think it's your turn to read a question. Okay. Okay. Um, 
where are we in this giant question from Zell? Uh, okay. Yep. You got it. Or is this from the next? Yeah. Okay. 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 Um, I am kind of liking Strange New World Star Trek series. That nope, that's, not, that's not Zell. <laughs> that's not. No. It's the guaranteed piece of it. So. That's easy target. Zell stuff is all the rapid fire questions that are you can just ask a question. There, there's there's like nothing between. Okay. 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 Formatting. It's uh, okay. It is. Um, it is the Canadian that the idea that that's why it's so confusing. It's, it's, he did this on purpose. It's it's chaos. It's chaos. <laughs> and, I'll read one. And I, as a Virgo, insist on order in all things. Nope, no, I got it. I can actually <laughs> ask this question. You are going to answer this question though, because I have not watched all of this. Still, I am kind of liking Strange New Worlds Trek series. That Romulan episode, dang, that's, rock solid. That's still not. That's still. What? That's not. What am I? Still, I give up. How do Someone you feel? Else the questions. Yeah, how do you feel about the guaranteed piece of loot from the weekly vault? How do you feel about the creation catalyst being able to make that loot into tier? Do you oh think that God. it takes too much of the re- reward out of actually killing raid bosses, or is the real reward the friends we made along the way? I, I'm just going to have to like take these emails and reformat them so I can <laughs> read them. Uh, Liz's, Liz's editor brain's going haywire. Um, this is just a big paragraph of questions. It is. So don't send us big paragraphs of questions. I can't read them. Uh, to, to actually start answering the question, though, yes, I think it's a good thing. Personally, I like the vault, even though it doesn't give me what I want. Um, I think it's a neat idea, and I think it's better than coins, potentially. Um, if it doesn't give you the same piece of loot every week, eternally, forever, Um, and the creation catalyst I thought was actually one of the best things that they've ever done, uh, tier loot, especially when it has set bonuses associated with it becomes a major thing and being able to take anything of the appropriate eye level and turn it into tier, even if it's gated at one per week is amazing. It's, it limits a lot of the feel bad of I've killed this boss 15 times and haven't gotten this one thing I wanted especially if it's a tier piece. It also allows you to customize your tier pieces because of legendary slots and other things that might pop up. Uh, So like, I don't think Shadowlands gets enough credit for this personally, because this is probably the least bad I've ever felt about gear minus the healing trinket that doesn't drop from the door boss, but that's a whole other story. (laughs) But overall, I think it's great. Do you guys remember Firelands? Painfully. Yes. Do you remember yes. doing the Major Domo um, fight? Oh, bloody heck. It was, uh, we remember who he was. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but I know who he is. The guy was like, Toronto, has, I have vision she lacks. Fan- Fandral Staghelm. Thank you, Fandral. He, you remember when you did the Major Domo Staghelm fight, and every week he would drop shoulders, and every week they weren't your shoulders? <laughs> and And some classes didn't have shoulders for the spec you were playing at all? Anywhere else, you, if you didn't get the tear shoulders, you didn't get shoulders from the raid. Mm-hmm. That's why the creation catalyst is brilliant because that won't happen. Yeah. You won't be constantly every week going in to try and compete against every person on the same token as you for the same shoulders because none of you have any other shoulder options. There's no, there's no off spec shoulders to even consider. Yeah, Never mind, you know, that was the thing that used to drive me insane. And that's was just, you know, this is inability to just complete the set. And in, in, because they're adding the stuff like with Zareth Mortis, like having the cipher 
uh, gear be eligible to be upgraded into tier was a brilliant thing as well. Like it, it expanded the options for somebody to not feel like they were falling so far behind. And so like when we talk about, when we questions about what systems we hope make it through to the next expansions, I hope that the creation catalyst or version of it stays around forever because it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. All right, Liz, now that we've uh, given your brain a, a chance to reset, what do you think? <laughs> I mean, RNG, RNG is real. The RNG sometimes it favors you and you get everything you want real fast. And sometimes you spend an entire expansion trying to get a shield and you never get a shield. You're wearing this stupid, crappy shield all expansion because one won't drop for you. Or, you know, maybe one drops for someone else, but because of loot rules, they can't trade it to you. And it can just be, loot can be very frustrating. And this is a game that is, at its essence, it's about collecting loot so we can kill bigger, badder things faster. And uh, it feels real bad when you go in and you have that bad luck and you don't get the loot you're looking for. Sometimes you may not get any loot. It's frustrating. So the game needs some way to mitigate this. And I think that the vault, I don't know if I like it better than I did liked coins, but the vault does a pretty good job. I have had problems with it giving me the same item over and over and over and over again. But also it's given me options that I wouldn't have had. It's given, I've gotten a lot of loot out of the Great Vault this this uh, expansion. And I really like that in the last patch they added, okay, if the vault doesn't have anything for you, you get these coins, which you can go and spend on useful things. Like they added some more useful things you could spend your pity coins on. Like sockets, which those are basically always useful to have a socket. That is like a real genuine gear upgrade, even if you didn't get any gear from the vault this week. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, yeah, I think it's a pretty good system. I think there are maybe ways we could improve upon it. Um, certainly, I really, I just really like that you can buy sockets with it. There are useful things you can buy that will improve your gear. I think that's that alone was just a big improvement to the system. So what I'm hearing uh, is you both want to sign my petition of leave the uh, the uh, battle table behind and bring this forward. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you. The battle table that's a chore. Great Vault is. Uh, it's easy to use. It's fast to get to and access. There's no weird puzzles or to solve. It's just there. You click it and you get a piece of loot. That's that's a pretty good deal, I think. But um, I, Blizzard, I, will, I will be okay with them bringing the, that and the creation catalyst forward if they get uh, Steve Bloom, the voice actor for Zoltan Cool, to play the guy who you go up to to get it, and he insults you. <laughs> Like he does in Diablo Four and Diablo Three, when you go up to the to Kanai's Cube, actually just bring Kanai's Cube in. <laughs> Seriously, make, make it Kanai's make it Kanai's Cube, yeah, yeah. Cause, who cause who I cares love what flavor it is? It's ridiculous. It's like, oh yeah, I, I don't have enough legendaries yet. I'm gonna take all these yellows I made and I'm gonna throw them in here and turn them into legendaries. Sure, why not? If, then uh, you know you throw them all into the Kanai's Cube and then you get banana beef pudding on the other side. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you get you get taken to the land of banana beef pudding, which is a whole lot of really angry cows with banana halberds. You guys are going to be fighting like anthropomorphic bananas at the like next next time we play. You know that, right? Uh, I've already got bananas in the jam is ready to go. So <laughs> they're coming to oh, your gosh. bananas in pajamas. They can't be stopped. <laughs> I I don't understand how we got from point A to point B here. 
But uh, I think we all like the Great Vault and the Creation Catalyst. Thank you for your question. And also the friends we made along the way. <laughs> we like those two. The nicest bananas with halberds I've ever met. All right. Do we want to do one more? Do we want to actually do this this Strange New Worlds question? Yeah. I think we Liz, tried to ask. Yeah. Um, Liz has tried multiple times. I think she's earned this. I mean, I don't have an answer for this question. Okay. I am kind of liking the Strange New Worlds Trek series. I'm so surprised by this question that Romulan episode, dang, rock solid, but the series has taken a race that in the vast Trek multiverse I've always seen as a good guy race, the Gorns, and made them kind of real monstrous until the Enterprise Mirror Universe episode, but that was an individual from the Mirror Universe. Even in non-canonical literature, the Gorns were treated as a bad first encounter and then fast friendship. My favorite race to play in Starfleet battles are Gorns. Their Federation ship designs are named after designations are named after dinosaurs mm -hmm. with a hypothetical battleship code named Godzilla. No, no, here goes planet Tokyo. What are your thoughts on taking the Gorn down such a dark path? I get the need for villains. Why them? That is from Easy Target aboard my Allorosaurus class heavy cruiser. Hopefully I pronounced Allorosaurus right. Because Matt is right there to tell me if I did. Correct me if I'm wrong, Matt. Wasn't and Liz wasn't wasn't a Gorn what the uh, what Kirk was fighting on the planet? That episode where Kirk fights the Gorn is, in fact, yes, that is what that is a, an actual episode of the original series. That was a Gorn, um, but that was set up as the Enterprise encountering this alien race that they hadn't met before, and the an alien being who's kind of like a Q grabs both Kirk and the captain of the Gorn ship and brings them down to the planet and makes them fight it with like just whatever weapons they could find on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. So they didn't play that music. That's the Spock music. I know. Don't get it I twisted. Know. I, know. Um, I think honestly, looking at, at strange new worlds, I think quite frankly, I don't think the Gorn have really been thought of much outside of some relatively niche corners of the fandom. Um, a few novels, some of the role-playing games, stuff like Strange New Worlds occasionally, I think. Um, not Strange New Worlds, sorry, the uh, Star Trek Online. But I think in general, what they what they realized was that they had an opportunity to use a race from the original series, but one that does not appear a lot in the original series, and thus no one's going to really care if you deviate away from its original appearance. Um, if they brought in Klingons like Discovery did, Discovery brought in Klingons and changed the makeup again and made them look really kind of weird. And people were like, ah, what's going on? This isn't the way the Klingons should look at this time. They should all have like Fu Manchu beards. And, you know, someone was like, guys, the Klingon de depiction in the original series is extremely racist. Yep. You know that, right? It's, it's exceptionally racist. Um, we're trying to, trying to back away from that a little bit here. But with the I Gorn... Mean I mean, of course, Discovery also did the thing where the one true savior of the Klingons was the one Klingon who was white. So Killers. that's kind of also awkward. I mean, I don't, it's well, bad I, in a whole new way. Yeah, well, plus, I mean, that guy wasn't the true savior of the Klingons, which made it even worse yeah, because, a, you know. It's a whole thing. It's a yeah, whole but, thing. But regardless. I just watched that episode. Anyway. <laughs> Gorns, I think the Gorn were, were a good choice because they didn't have a lot of in-canon in-universe appearances. They yeah. had stuff from what, what's called beta canon, which is like saying, this is canon until we realize we don't want it anymore, and then we can just do something else. Star Trek has always been like that. Unlike Disney, when Disney bought Star Wars, 
that's what they did with their canon. They put all the uh, extended universe stuff in this Legends category where it doesn't count anymore. Star Trek has always done that. Any Star Trek has always said if it's in a book or a comic book or a game or anything like that, it doesn't count as canon. It's only canon if you see it in a TV series or movie. That's how they've always done it. So I I feel like they were a good race for the the people, the producers behind Strange New Worlds to work with because they didn't have a lot of canon appearances. They have just the one. And that one could still be canon even after Strange New Worlds because that was the first time that a Gorn and a Federation starship captain came face to face. Like the ones we see in Strange New Worlds, you notice the first episode, we don't even see them. Like the Gorn never show themselves. There's never any face-to-face confrontations in the first appearance of the Gorn. The second appearance isn't adult rational Gorn. It's Gorn babies. And Gorn babies are horrifying. They're basically xenomorphs. The hatchlings, yeah. Yeah, but they're not sapient beings yet. Gorn don't achieve sapience until they get fully grown. Until then, they're just killing machines. They're they're intelligent, like like an animal intelligence, but they're not rational intelligent not reasoned yeah they don't have the ability to to stop and reason out what they're doing and there's a certain amount of there's a certain amount of like horror in the idea that the gorn may not even realize they're dealing with intelligent beings yeah they might not even really think about it that, well, that, that a lot they, of what they do is part of their breeding cycle yeah and that's and i think that's really an interesting choice as well right like a lot of the horror elements of it a lot of the the atrocities and quote unquote bad guys uh, effect of it is in their hatching and in, in mating cycles, right? Like it's their maturation cycle, uh, which I think is an interesting choice because that's something that it's not uncommon as far as a, an element or a story beat from other Trek series. I, we talked about this before, like I've been rewatching the next generation, which I'm almost done by the way. Um, and I forgot how many new or weird species encounters happen because the species is doing something to, you know, like reproduce and it's having bad effects. Like the, the The ship's holodeck suddenly starts trying to reproduce or or the, the the (laughs) one actually happened. Remember that one? Yes. The the train ride one. Yes. Or the one where the, um, the out of time, where they're coming back from a conference and it's uh, uh, Jean-Luc Picard, Deanna Troy and Jordi LaForge on a shuttle and data, data, excuse me on the, on the shuttle with the temporal uh, anomalies that are going on. And it turns out it's because uh, what the Romulans were doing caused this race that normally exists outside of our time and space to view their drive as a black hole and yeah, they laid deposit their, their young basically. And yeah. then as a result of that messed up an entire sector, like it was, and it was crazy, but there, that's like a, a, that's a thing that occasionally happens where the life of the universe can be a horrifying thing. Well, I mean, how many times did baby things attack the enterprise attempting to treat it like their mommy? I, I mean, think at least twice. <laughs> listen, I maintain that even tribbles are terrifying. Oh yeah. Th- th- that's actually something we, we could get into that. Point being that it, it's, it doesn't, take away anything from the Gorn's original appearance. Mm-hmm. It's just a different part of their life cycle. At that point in their life cycle, they're not super small, fast, you know, there's, they're larger and heavier and stronger. So instead of all that quick running around and slashing thing, they smash things with their giant, you know, bulky bodies that 
it's just a change in how they approach things. And can the Gorn and the Federation come to terms after Kirk has killed one? Maybe, you know, if nothing else, the Gorn respect physical ability. It's like someone, someone once said the only Starfleet captain who could have ever gotten the, the Klingons to consider negotiating was Kirk because he was the most Klingon Federation captain they had. Like, like what's his name? Um, I can't remember the name to general Chang. When general Chang says to Kirk, admit it, you, this, you like this better. You know, this is better. We're trying to kill each other the way it's supposed to be. That's, you know, only Kirk could have gotten the Klingons to like be willing to talk because they, they believe that he's just as willing to murder them as they are to murder him. The, the honor code thing, they believe that he understands it. Mm-hmm. And that's just interesting from a star from Star Trek as a show. It's an interesting perspective that, you know, people need to believe that you understand them. Yeah. But so, but yeah, I, I do get why you'd be a little freaked out seeing the Gorn running around, you know, planting eggs in people. Um, and I mean, have you guys seen the series to the end yet? Not to the nope. end. Have you seen the, like, I think it's two, it's one or two episodes from the end. I think it's the next to last episode. Have you seen that one yet? Uh-huh. No. Liz, okay. Then we're not going to talk about it. I saw the it. first, I saw the first Gorn episode, but I haven't seen anything beyond that. The second Gorn episode is straight up aliens. Yeah. It's just that doesn't ruin anything. That doesn't ruin anything, but it's a good, it's a good warning going into it. I mean, it's it's interesting to think of some of the creatures we encounter as so alien. Like if you watch Next Generation, it's like the solution is almost always diplomacy. We're gonna talk it out, but you know sometimes you meet an alien species and they're they're real alien. (laughs) They're beyond our ability to comprehend, and they may be frightening and. Part of that could be we don't understand each other and we don't know them. They don't know us. And like Matt was saying, the Gorn appearance in the original series, that could still be a canonical thing that canonically happens. It's just at this point in history, we don't know them and we're encountering them in this weird, crazy way. Yeah. I mean, we're just filling in gaps, right? Like that's that's a lot of what this is, is I think just to to close it out. And I think because we're running out of time here. Matt's point earlier about them kind of making sure that everything that is considered canon is not what's in books or comics. It's what's in TV shows and movies means that we have a lot of space in between that needs to be filled in. Even if you think you know what happened, it isn't necessarily what happened. And it's always been that way. It's not retconning. It's not it's not rewriting the history and the story or anything like that. It's literally them just taking bits and pieces that maybe somebody wrote a book about it, or maybe I think there, I think Mackenzie Calhoun even had an interaction with the Gorn at some point in, in uh, new frontiers um, like there, but those don't count because they weren't fully realized in what's been laid out as far as the TV shows go. And, and yeah, it's not like the people who make the shows are ignorant to that, by the way, they know because it, yeah. all the, all the stuff about Una including oh, yeah. her name yep. comes from the novels. Yes. They wrote novels about the character and later on the writers of the show took that information and used it. A lot of the, so, a lot of the Christopher Pike stuff is coming from a lot of the earlier novels. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's not that they're ignorant of it, but they, they reserve the right to change it if they have a better idea for the show they're trying to make. And I think that's a good way to approach it. Agreed. Um, if, if they had said that all this stuff is canon, that'd be one thing. But they, from the beginning, have always been this. None of this stuff is canon. Uh, we, we'll use it if we decide we want to. But if we don't, we don't. 
Um, but yeah, I think that's basically, like I said, I get why it would be kind of, if you, they're one of your favorites and suddenly they're acting like, you know, baby eaters, then it's a little confusing for you. But I do think it is, it works within the, the fiction of strange new worlds, it sets up what's coming next. And and they could still be your favorites, right? Cause it's your, yeah. your favorites happen to be the more advanced, more, more sapient, uh, versions of them where they've been fully actualized and fu- fully realized. So but I, I do think Joe is right, and we do have to wrap it up at this point because um, I'm hungry. Uh, uh, I do have I have one thing I want to oh, add in it. right here at the end because uh, the Warcraft Devs account tweeted that uh, the barbershop is permanently free in Dragonflight. Yes. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it is. It was a great announcement. See, we, we stayed around long enough to make sure that tweet happened. All right. <laughs> well, with that All said... Right. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. Your continued support means this podcast signing community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue and an ads-free site experience. And as a reminder, folks, uh, those of us at Blizzard Watch continue to stand with the employees of Activision Blizzard as well as the game industry at large uh, in unionization efforts and demanding a change for a safer work environment, a better tomorrow, and more equal treatment and representation. Thank you very much, Joe. Uh, thanks to Liz for being here with us as well. Thanks to both of you because you guys make this show a lot better than me sitting in a chair talking to myself for an hour and a half. I've done that. It's not fun. Uh, if Again, if you guys have a question for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with a subject line podcast or Blizzard Watch. Guys, seriously, please. Please. I'm begging you. Make next week easy for me. Yeah, throw in questions. Throw so many questions at me. Bury me in your queries. Um, or you can go to our Discord server and you can hit up the patron Q and podcast questions channel if you are a patron and we look there first because you patrons keep the bills on, the lights paid and the bills on or whatever. I don't know. One of those, <laughs> one of those things. Um, or you can go to the Q and, question, Q and podcast questions channel for non-patrons because we do still want to answer your questions too, guys. We like you. Um, but this has been the Blizzard Watch podcast. It looks like the KOTOR remake has been canceled. The art director and chief narrative designer have been fired. Um, and we have no idea if that game's even going to come out now. So there you go. I'm sad. We'll yeah, be here thanks next for week. Leaving us, thanks for leaving us on that note. Yeah, I just found out, like literally just now. So yeah, there you go. Uh, but yeah, um, that's it. Not getting a code or a remake apparently. Or if we are, it's not till 2025. So yeah, I'm bummed. See you next week, guys. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.